In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. He was, is, and always shall be. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Um, so, uh, in today's Gospel passage, we hear a very important line of prophecy where it says, uh, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Now, last week we celebrated the baptism of Christ. It was on Friday. So, Kroniopolat, all the Theophanes, the Christos, the Presbytera as well. Um, so, last week we celebrated the baptism of Christ. And, and this is perhaps the most profound event in all of mankind, short of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Uh, and in this event, we hear about how the people who sat in darkness have now seen a great light. In fact, the feast is called the Feast of Lights. So if you have a Fotios in your family, wish them a Kronipola, because Foti, that Foti, right, is, uh, means light. And in, in order to talk you through this as to the importance of baptism, we're going to have to talk about all the way at the beginning. And in the beginning, we will talk about waters. So today, my baptized and illuminated friends, I'm going to give you a concise history of the salvation according to water. You see, in Genesis, we hear about the waters being a synonym to death. And, and it looks actually like this. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So it's like we've got something before creation. It's like this pre-creation, this uncreation, if you will, into which uh, Christ will descend, not just at his burial, but at his baptism in the Jordan, which we commemorate. So you can see from the second passage of the Bible, right, right at the beginning, water is synonymous with death, with uncreation. And throughout Scripture, well, God will use this to this purpose, will use water to this purpose. When the wickedness of man, for example, was great upon the earth, and every inclination of the thoughts of his hearts was altogether evil at all time, Genesis 6, God used water to form a flood to save Noah and to uh, the small contingent of faithful left on the earth. Noah and the flood stand as a type of baptism, a calling of all creation to repent and to no longer dwell on evil in their hearts. So then we fast forward a lot to the Exodus narrative. The people of Israel were oppressed by the tyranny of Pharaoh and the pagan gods of Egypt. Uh, God brings his people out of this tyranny of idolatry, destruction, and death through a body of water called the Red Sea. And the particular passage reads, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. You see, God divides the waters so that his people will be able to pass through this lethal situation they are in. It is worth noting that the strong wind that splits the sea of death for the Israelites 
is brought about by the wind, the air, if you will, the pnevma from God, the spirit, if you will, from God, the same spirit of God that hovered across the face of the waters in Genesis is the same uh, spirit that split the Red Sea for God's people to cross the Red Sea. Now, the actual ritual origins of baptism might be found in the book of Le Leviticus, where the Levite priests were commanded to perform a ritual cleansing in water before and after performing their priestly duties. Leviticus 16.4 reads, He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. These sacred garments are a foreshadowing of the brilliant white garments that we receive at baptism. Anyone who's been in Una knows, you better come up with a white onesie for that baby, or so help me, the priest will look at you so terribly. You see, just like the priest in the temple needed to be cleansed through a ritual of baptism, so that entering the temple and encountering, they needed to be cleansed so that the temple and encountering the living presence of God would not harm them. This then brings us to John the Baptist. St. John was baptizing people so that they may similarly stand in the presence of God and not be destroyed. This is why St. John calls his followers to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's written right there in that scroll, in Greek, if you want to look at it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's like he's warning them of the flood that is coming. He is telling the people to flee from sin like the Israelites fled from Pharaoh, lest they too be destroyed in the watery flood of God. Which brings us to Christ's baptism, which we celebrated on Friday. This major feast, it's up there with Pascha, is utterly magnificent. Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, shows us how to be cleansed so that the Holy Spirit will descend upon us. He is descending into the waters of uncreation, of death, and showing us, just like he did in Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, how to attract the descent of the Holy Spirit so that we may walk safely through the waters of death. Simultaneously, his baptism changes the creation, which previously was fallen because of man, into a new creation, a new heavens, a new earth, by the power of God born in the flesh. He transforms, at his baptism, the uncreated waters of death into the newly recreated waters of eternal life. See, our baptism is a little microcosm, a microcosmo, a small world of this entire process, this history of salvation. Within our own baptism, we are plunged into the pre-creation waters that have been transformed from death into life through Christ's baptism. This is why we are plunged into the water three times, not to symbolize the Trinity, but to symbolize Christ's 
three-day entombment into death. And we do this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the trinities whose worship was manifest on Theophany, Christ's baptism which we celebrated on Friday. That's what makes it so magnificent, that we see and reveal that God has revealed the Trinity to us. And what this means for us is that through baptism, we participate in Christ's death, resurrection, and receive the gift of immortality. It is our initiation into the church so that we may safely encounter His holy presence in the Eucharist which we will just be participating in a few moments. <clears throat> but then the call to repentance is still part of that, to change our ways so that we can avoid the flood that Noah is saying, to jump into the ark and cleanse our hearts of sin and evil. Through our baptism, we die to ourselves, to sin and to death, so that when we encounter our own bodily death, he who divided the waters of the Red Sea, who reversed the flow of the waters of the Jordan, will divide the waters of death, reversing them. And we will live with him and all who have been baptized into him unto the ages of ages. Amen.